Let's not lose our saltiness. <laughs> Stay salty. <laughs> Stay salty. <laughs> And welcome to the Bible Geeks Weekly Podcast. This is episode 162. I'm Brian Feely. I'm Ryan Joy. And thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. Of course, if you've been following along with us up to this point, we are in our What's Good Guided Study. This is session nine, and today we are talking about our very first praiseworthy virtue, excellence. And I think excellence is such a good way to kick this thing off, especially as this episode airs. It's going to be kind of in the first few weeks of 2023, thinking about our goals and all the things that we make resolutions about. Maybe this is a good thing for us to focus on kind of as we move into a new year together. Definitely. It's it's exciting. And I think that this whole series came from, in a way, from Philippians 4.8 and thinking about things of excellence. And so it is fitting that a word that's in that verse is one of the things that we jump into these virtues with, I think. All right. So we're going to go back to a conversation starter as we kick this episode off that we dropped not too very long ago, and that was called Cheese Doodles. This is what's good. Cheese Doodles. So how are you doing with your resolutions? New Year's resolution fails have become a familiar joke every January. Only 9 to 12% of us hang on to them as we close the year. Most have a half-baked resolve unworthy of calling resolution, but that doesn't diminish the value of goals, even if we never achieve all our aspirations. Sure, we could veg our life away with cheese doodles on the couch, but God created us to strive for growth. So as we shift our focus from God's gifts to virtues, let's pursue Christ-like excellence. So here's the big idea. Though we're not perfect, we glorify God by stretching daily to be better and do better. Perfectionists lose their way, craving acceptance and chasing peace through flawlessness. But through Christ, we receive God's favor despite our faults. We'll never reach God's perfection, but he called us to his own glory and excellence to imitate him. So press on, straining forward. Philippians 3, 12 to 14 growing to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Ephesians 4.13 Hone your character. Sharpen yourself. Make your life the masterwork you never tire of crafting in Christ's image. Aspire to a life worthy of the gospel. Philippians 1.27 Love is the more excellent way. So may it abound more and more so that you may approve what is excellent. Philippians 1 verses 9 to 10. And when you find any excellence, think on these things, noticing and appreciating it. Sometimes whatever means we don't care. But scripture says, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. If we long to hear well done from Christ who has done all things well, Mark 7, 37, we'll try to excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, 2 Corinthians 8, 7. So here's the big question. Where do you need to strive for greater excellence? So follow along with this guided study at biblegeeks.fm good, and may the Lord bless you and keep you today. Shalom. Maybe a lot more depth in that one than an episode called Cheese Doodles might imply, <laughs> but <laughs> I think the big idea there in that conversation starter, though we're not perfect, 
We glorify God by stretching daily to be better and do better. I think there's a lot of meaning in that for me, at least. I think about Jesus' closest disciples here. How, of course, as Jesus called them and they began to follow him, they were just falling all over themselves. They were like little kids trying to figure out what they were supposed to do. And eventually, they took up the mantle of discipleship and basically teaching the gospel on their own after Jesus went away. And so, you know, I wonder what John would have done if he hadn't have grown, if he hadn't pushed forward to be better and do better. He'd probably be still a son of thunder, you know, hating foreigners and all kinds of things that he used to do in his previous life or in his youthfulness of following Jesus. But then you got Peter, of course, Peter, who was like paralyzed by fear, who would always stay quiet and and maybe not speak up for Jesus when he could have. What would that kind of attitude looked like if he never grew out of that phase? And so I think growth, as we saw with Jesus' disciples, and growth for us isn't something that happens overnight. And we're going to make mistakes, of course, but as we progress, you know, one step in front of another, our lives and our faith speak volumes about what God is able to do with a broken, contrite people. Maybe that's you and me, hopefully, at the beginning of this year. That, yeah, that Peter came a long way, didn't he? And God <laughs> used him for a lot. I mean, for sure. He used us and take us over our faults and in spite of our faults as far as, as he wants to take us. That question that we ended with, the big question there, was where do you need to strive for greater excellence? That word strive seems like at the core of this episode in some ways. So I, I looked it up, and it's used six times in the New Testament. And each time tells us something to pursue with that kind of zealous striving determination. Jesus says to strive to enter the narrow door. And he says that a lot of people are going to seek to enter, but will not be able. So you have to you have to give it your everything and strain and push. And that's in Luke 13, 24. And then Paul says to strive together in prayer in Romans 15, 30, and to strive to excel in building up the church in 1 Corinthians 14, 12. And then I think this is goes really well with this episode. Paul talks about training in godliness and how we'll happily toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God. And with that hope in mind, the Hebrew writer says to strive to enter rest in Hebrews 4.11. And then in Hebrews 12.14, the last use of this word in the English standard, he says that we need to strive for peace with everyone and strive for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So striving is really at the heart of being a Christian, and it's at, at the heart of this pursuit we have towards excellence, to be to be holier, to be prayerful, to be training in godliness, you know, to ultimately to enter through that narrow door. Yeah, sounds like there's a lot that we could strive for, so maybe that's a good catalyst to start this thing out. And uh, maybe another way to start this thing out is to have an icebreaker question, kind of lighten the mood ever so slightly. What New Year's resolutions have you actually succeeded at? I know that sort of tips our hand to the conversation starter. Obviously, New Year's fails are a big thing. But like, what have you actually done successfully? Yeah. And that word actually kind of implies you're <laughs> expecting some level of failure here. Yep. And that's definitely, to some extent, been my experience. We used to have this tradition up at the cabin on New Year's Eve where we'd all share resolutions and write them down and then review them the next year, which wasn't always the most 
enlivening thing, but you know, you're, wah, you're, wah. <laughs> I know there you are at 12, 15 AM, you know, you've got sparkling cider and everything. It doesn't bring out the most resolute of goals, you know, for your year long commitments. So the last five or six years, Adrian and I have gone through this annual goal setting process that, that has definitely yielded better results. We use a, a thing called the best year ever worksheets it's by Michael Hyatt. And so I set seven to 10 goals every January. One of the big ones was years ago, we realized our weeks were blurring together without me ever taking a day off. I mean, it was just, it was just I was kind of new at this full-time preaching thing. And I just went like a year and a half straight and it just was all a blur. <laughs> and I committed to taking every Monday as a family day. And really over the last five, six years, we've almost never had to break that commitment. So that has been a big game changer for our family and, and a win as a commitment, as a goal that that really changed things. That's awesome. Yeah, don't try to contact Ryan on a Monday. It's not going to happen for you. I'm sorry, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, there's that do not disturb we talked about. That's yeah. So what, what about you? What What New Year's resolutions have stuck? Well, I have a real hard time with establishing long running routines that begin in January. Uh, notoriously, you know, it's just not something that like generally comes up easily for me. But actually, last year. I set a theme for the year of health and healthfulness. So my insurance company last year definitely foot the bill for a lot of routine checkups and doctor visits. Last year was just a year that I really took that seriously, probably more than more than I have in lots of other years. So maybe not as uh, mm. impactful and and serious as yours, but man, I saw a lot of doctors last year, so that was good. That is that is good as long as that was that was helpful. That's that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, just the just the regular routine checkups. So that was that's pretty much yeah. it. So. All right. So let's get into our first segment here on the episode and that is Jesus said. And so we're going to go somewhere where Jesus talks about excellence and I think there's a lot of places where Jesus talks about striving forward and pushing forward, but here in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, there's something that maybe you don't think of as excellence but I think is actually really powerful in telling us how to push forward. Yeah, and as we get further into this word excellence, I think we'll see how much this fits the concept. Where we're going is Matthew 5, 14 to 16, where Jesus says, you are the light of the world. He says, a city set on a hill can't be hidden. People don't hide their, their lamp. Hide it under a bushel, Brian? No. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Our kids would have been quicker with that, but I'm sorry, yeah, yes, I, <laughs> that's okay. You know, it gives light to all the house if you put it on a stand, and you, so the the point is, we should let our light shine, let people see it, let them see our good works, and what it's going to result in is giving glory to our Father who's in heaven. So when you hear those words of Jesus, we've talked about it many times before. But what does that shed some light on for you here? You see what I did as <laughs> I we go that, yeah. into into <laughs> this topic of excellence. It's funny because my mom is currently in the process of building a house up in Montana. And one of the things that she's experiencing right now is it picking out lighting for the house. And so she's trying to figure out like what is the best lighting to have in an office. She's trying to find like really bright lights and something that like stands out so that she can see the art that she's doing, the the pottery that she's making up there, all the projects that she's working on in her office. And so bright lights are really actually a, a topic du jour around our house. 
And <laughs> it kind of makes me wonder from this series of verses here, as Jesus is telling us, what is the thing that sets apart our works from the rest of the world? Jesus talks about mm. us being the light of the world, like a city that's set on a hill. Of course, we can't be hidden, but what is it that sets our works or the things that we do or our character or whatever, what is it that sets us above the world so that people actually do look at us? Because I think it's easy for me to kind of get lost in the noise of the world maybe or, or to get lost in the mm. crowd. Am I really standing out though? Am I the kind of person who is a light bearer, is God's light bearer in this, in this world? And so I guess maybe the question is, what is good? What And that, that is, I guess, the, the question mm. of this whole series. Like, what <laughs> is good? What is good enough to stand out and be clearly seen by people? And our actions, our decisions, are they pure? Are they lovely? Are they commendable? Are they honorable? All those things that, we, that we've been talking about so far. You know, are we going above and beyond what others would do? Are we going the extra mile? Because it would be easy for me to phone it in or put all of my interactions like on cruise control, but really giving that kind of attention that uh, I think Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan would say, Be excellent to each other. Oh man, you had the sound queued up and everything. That's the kind of thing that I'm thinking about. Like, how can I be excellent to other people in a way that really they might turn around and say, Party on, dude! So for me, I'm just wondering, like, how can I push forward to be seen by other people in a way that doesn't glorify me, but really is bringing God the glory, which is, I guess, the whole point of what Jesus is saying here. I, I, I'm just waiting for like a San Dimas High School football rules or some <laughs> other soundbite to just jump in here. But it's, there's, there's quite I, I, a few. I think of them. I've held on to your point through the through, through the Keanu Reeves quotes there, and uh, absolutely, I think that's. I mean, there's so many aspects of this this light metaphor that Jesus is talking about, but I, I appreciate what you're saying about standing out. And maybe we can try too hard to do that sometimes whenever sure. a lot of times it's, it's the simple things. It's, it's just living in his light each day. It's, it's not always grandiose. It doesn't always stand out like we might think, but, but it, it builds up and it's, it's sort of, it, it does the job. Can I, know? can I use a word to explain this maybe? And I, and I know this is going to be a word that we're going to use quite a bit on this episode possibly, but intentional. Yeah. Like if you live yeah. in an intentional way, if you live in a way mm. that takes advantage of every moment, I think that's going to be a big difference between the way we might approach every situation and the rest of the world might approach every situation where we understand that like, this is a precious moment that I need to to maximize and strive for and take advantage of rather than just kind of mind-numbingly just sort of wandering through my life from day to day. Yeah, yeah. Living a life of purpose is a big part of excellence. Be thinking through what what am I here to do and right. what do I want to accomplish? What does the Lord want me to accomplish? Our, I think this builds on what you're talking about. Our neighbor across the street won the best holiday lights display in the area this nice. year. <laughs> it's, it's quite a spectacle. And the boy, their son, their youngest son is Asher's age. And the dad told me that th their, their son kept telling him, we need more lights, dad. And he would just keep <laughs> bringing things up. And they kept kept getting more until now the end of our little street is just 
blinking explosion of color and festivity and everything. Like it's it belongs on a Disney Plus show or something about about <laughs> festival lights, <laughs> and, and the church is kind of like that. I think it doesn't feel like we're doing much. Like you were saying, it it can be this simple thing from day to day. Each of us is is stringing up a cord of small kindnesses, prayers, our imperfect efforts to pursue holiness. Right, we're just trying to keep moving forward and to glorify God the best we can. But when you're doing what you can every day and and I'm doing what I can in my corner, it all eventually starts to add up because we're a whole city of these little lights and we're each trying to live the right way. And so God makes his church this city of excellence. Isn't that a cool idea? That is a cool way to think about it, yeah. city of excellence that he has set up high, and so everyone looks up and sees his glory. My little strand of lights might not be much, but when you put it all together, there is something different about these people. There is something about the gospel that is changing them and is giving them hope and life and holiness in a totally different way. So adding on that and moving forward here, let's get into our second segment on the episode— and that is heavy words. Whoa, this is heavy. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Thanks, Doc. So our word <laughs> this time is excellence. And of course, as we think about excellence being a great praiseworthy virtue there that we read about in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, how, what is this word all about? And uh, I'll leave it to you, word nerd, to give us all the details. <laughs> The word nerd, yeah, the the Greek word here, arete, is uh, this broad word, lots of big range of meaning. And so we'll try to get the sense of the word and then really try to grasp its use in scripture. It often has to do with achievement and mastery in some specific area. Really, it can describe anything excellent at accomplishing its purpose, anything that does what it's supposed to do. It could be land that grows well and a tool or an animal that's that's excellent that does what they're supposed to do really really well but mostly it describes the excellent human and so from a moral standpoint it's about virtue it describes someone as bdag says of uncommon character worthy of praise but it, it can also describe the manifestation of divine glory and power and all that that deserves praise in him, in a God in the Greek world, or in the God in the New Testament. And so if you put all this together, you can start to see why the New Testament uses this word in a list of virtues in 2 Peter 1.5, but also tells us to proclaim the excellence of God in 1 Peter 2.9 and 2 Peter 1.3, his glory and his excellence. And so that Jesus said segment, you can kind of see now how it it's right on track with both of these ideas and, and where they overlap, like a Venn diagram. Our excellence at life and virtue reflects God's divine glory and goodness, which we aim to proclaim with our life, which is really what Jesus was talking about there in, in that passage. Yeah. So that's that's the basic idea of excellence there. Yeah. And I think. Looking at that word, if I could even just take it a step further, thinking about excellence, and you were talking about things that are praiseworthy or doing their job correctly, and there's a word that's also sort of associated with the root of this word, which is eurestos, 
which means to be well pleasing or acceptable. And now, I think who's the word nerd? I'm I'm taking it a step <laughs> further here. Let's just let's go to Romans chapter twelve, verse one, because as Paul says. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. That's that word, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. It's like yeah. when something excellent is presented to you, it is, it's good. It's pleasing. It, it's, it's correct. You know, you don't have something that's excellent that is also bad. The, those two things are totally opposite from each other. And so as we strive to lay down our lives every day as a living sacrifice, as, as Paul talks about here, pushing forward to that excellence in our pursuit is being more pleasing to God every day. That's the whole point of it all. It's pushing forward to be more acceptable to God. And I think that whole idea for me, as you think about excellence, especially in January, you know, with resolutions and all these things, or when you think about pushing forward and straining forward, I think it's about what can I do right now and what can I do in the future to serve other people better and to serve my God better. And maybe maybe how can I serve you today might be a really good question that fits this word. Mm-hmm. I think it focuses on what what's going on right now, what are we going to do in the future. It's not a past-looking thing. It's not like, well, I've done all these amazing things for God in the past or you know, I've pushed mm. forward in the past to do all these things. How am I being pleasing to God now? You know, how am I serving people now? And so I think it's not just merely about people pleasing. It's not like just doing things that make people happy, but really doing things that make God happy and that are pleasing to him, well pleasing to him. And so I wonder for myself, thinking about this word and sort of the future and present looking focus of this word, I wonder if sometimes mm-hmm. I get stuck in the past. If I, if I think of all the accomplishments that I've done in the past and things that I've, I've done previously and all of those things, like, is that what I'm resting on? Or am I really asking myself, like, what can I do for the Father right now? And are there any feet that need washed today? Like, are there new areas of service that I haven't yet considered and things that I can grab onto in the future? And so I think here, as we think about this idea of being pleasing and acceptable, it's, it's what am I doing for God today? And what am I going to do for him tomorrow? Yeah, it really, it's interesting when you put it like that, you can understand why Paul, for instance, in Philippians 3 famously puts together the idea of pressing on and pressing ahead yeah. with the idea of forgetting what's behind. Because if you're looking backwards, you're either arriving at some kind of self-satisfaction, like look at what I've done, and that doesn't create growth. Or maybe you're discouraged by what's behind you, and and that doesn't press you on either. So you let go of what's, you know, you learn from it. It's not like you're blind to it, but you don't dwell on the, the past. You're moving forward, and you're focusing on what can I do? What is it time for now, as we sometimes ask? What, what can I do right now for the Lord? I, I think that idea of satisfaction is, is a really uh, good, like, opposite <laughs> of excellence that not not talking about contentment right the lord teaches us about contentment and being satisfied in him but satisfied with ourself and where we are like plateauing as opposed to that pressing on to higher ground idea that we sing about we did an episode i don't know it feels like a couple years ago now i don't even know when it was a while ago in our youth series i don't even remember what we called it but <laughs> uh, <laughs> we were we were asking 
what we thought we would want to say to our younger selves. Right. And it was a really helpful exercise, I think, for me at least, to think about that. But as I'm thinking about this word, I wonder, what would my younger self have to say to me now? Right. I wonder if young me would want to put some more spark in my pursuit of excellence. (laughs) There's like something about growing older can make you feel wiser than those young bucks with big ideas and that idealistic gleam in their eyes. And you're sort of hardened by life a little bit where you're sort of like, yeah, I had big ideas, but I had no idea what I was talking about. And that that is also true. (laughs) But one thing I remember was this unquenchable passion for learning and growing in the Lord and striving to serve him better. And I think this word, if we let it, has the ability to break through our cynicism Mm -hmm. about what's achievable, or if you have any boredom or stale satisfaction at all in your spiritual life, I think this word leaves no room for it. It's a good reminder for me. And when we talk about excellence, we're talking about the very best. Pursue the very best of thoughts, Paul is saying in Philippians 4.8. The very best of habits, the highest, noblest of goals. What would be the best possible prayer life you could have? What would that look like? Really, like really digging in. No, a step past that, a step past what you're thinking about for, for right now, but like looking down the road, what would be the best possible kind of impact on the world and the people around you? Focusing on your strengths. What if you completely maximized them and, and gave them completely to God? You, we've been, you and I and, and another friend have been talking about those strength finder tests, you know, the Gallup <laughs> strength finders, you know, what if I took just my strengths and just really leveraged them completely for God? What, what does that look like in excellence? Or what about my weaknesses, right? What about the other side of that? How many of those are hard and fast limitations, which, which are real, but how, where can I actually keep growing in those weaknesses? So, I mean, you get the idea, striving for excellence, this very idea inspires us to seek and strive and grow and do what others would think impossible for the Lord. And, and God says with me, all things are possible. You know, like think, don't, don't put me in a box. <laughs> it's kind of what, <laughs> what he's saying throughout, right? Yeah. Throughout the Bible, like, yeah. you know, Sarah laughing, like, don't, don't think that way. I, I, I redefine what is possible. And if we're seeking his will and his way, then we should seek excellence in our service of him in in doing those kinds of things. I like what you're saying there. And as I was thinking about it, all I could think about was salt that lost its saltiness. Its saltiness, which, yeah. Which, by the way, yeah. was the verse right before the light of the world <laughs> verse that we read for our Jesus right. said segment. I mean, that's exactly the point there, right? It's like if you have sort of burned out and fizzled out and you've lost your excellence if you've lost your pursuit for what God has made possible in you, if it's become stale, then really, I mean, how are you going to fire that back up again? And what I think Jesus is saying here, and I think we've all experienced from time to time, is that sometimes when you've slowed down, it's hard to speed back up again. And I like mm-hmm. that idea about what would my younger self say to my older self? Like, hey, dude, you you need to go faster, man, because we got work to do. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I was <laughs> I was thinking of that verse also, the saltiness verse, especially with the Jesus. I was like, oh, how do we, it's so hard to separate the light 
of the world and the salt of the earth. And they, they both speak to excellence. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's not lose our saltiness. <laughs> Stay salty. <laughs> Stay salty. <laughs> All right. So let's get into our third segment here on the episode. And that is our reach out question. Reach out, reach out and touch someone. Okay. Yeah. So the weird question of the week is, what are some areas that you're committed to growing in this year? Yeah, I guess this is sort of the serious side of our icebreaker question. It's like, you know, where yeah. have you succeeded in your resolutions in the past? Like, what are we looking forward to now? What is actually going to happen? Or what are you, what are you pushing forward for this year? And for me, you know, if I had a theme this year, I think maybe my year would be the year of connection. That's one thing that I really want to focus on this year. Maybe mm. it's just a response to sort of the hunkering down that I've been doing over the past six, seven, eight months of, of 2022, where there was a lot of like just focusing on my family and really kind of not getting too terribly involved in the lives of a lot of people around me, just trying to figure out a new normal and what's happening in my life. And so I need to start tuning in to people around me. And I think this whole idea of connection is really something that I'm, I'm focusing on this year. And so for me, I think I want to be more connected with people outside of the ones that I typically talk to spending time in small moments, intimate little opportunities with people, having people over to our home, going to a basketball game or whatever, like just getting to know people at a deeper level that I haven't yet really gotten to know. I have a notorious habit of like staring down at the ground as I walk by people that I don't know very well. And that's not very <laughs> conducive to like developing connection with people. <laughs> you know, I once recently talked to a, a sister in the hallway at church and, uh, she sort of struck up a conversation and she's like, are you an introvert? And I said, I don't feel like I am, but I think I probably am. And she said, yeah, yeah, I think you're right on the border. <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, you pegged me. It's pretty much it. So I'd love to connect with people a little bit more. And then, of course, maybe a second goal here for the year. I'd really like to get more connected with my family because we've been spending so much time together and, and really just figuring out new routines and things. It's been helpful for me to like figure out dessert nights with my daughter or like date nights with my wife or family game nights and just sort of establishing some new routines and things that we can do together. Our house is kind of like a big giant bowl of jello that's still kind of slowly congealing into something new. And so I want to be around for that and be connected and present for those moments in a big sort of purposeful and intentional way. So that's me. I don't know. I, I think I've got a lot to work on this year. What about you? Well, yeah, a lot has changed in your life with with your mom moving in and with yeah, yeah just everything. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, one thing that I'm going to really focus on growing in this year is evangelism. And it seems like the last year or so, a lot of focus on the congregation and just figuring some things out and the relationships and dynamics and our, our organization, our work, so much within the congregation. So I guess I, I'm just, I'm 100% committed to getting back to really reaching out more regularly to new people. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> With the gospel, bringing the gospel in a one-on-one -on -one way, finding some new ways to create those opportunities. There's some specific steps I want to personally take. And then I'm just really praying hard for God to grow me and use me more in that area this year. And I'll figure it out as I go, what else you know, new steps I need to take, but but that's a real, real area of focus. I think maybe if you were to listen to this episode out of time, five, 10 years from now, and listen back, you might sort of out of context, not understand 
what life has been like over the last three, four years <laughs> in our yeah. in our society. It's been like it's been a real big shift for people coming out of the pandemic and obviously still trying yeah. to figure out like how we how we sort of come out of these things and go back to work and be around each other again. And I can I can see as a lot of us have this inward focus that we've sort of mm -hmm. been nurturing for a little while. And so I can also see like how moving forward this sort of outward focus, obviously evangelism being a big piece of that and one-on-one and -on -one connecting with people and reaching out to people who you maybe not have before. I think that's that's sort of a natural progression about where we are now in our sort of getting back out and being comfortable and being safe around other people and just kind of an interesting perspective just given yeah. the context of all the things that have been happening over the last few years maybe. Yeah, I know. It's a weird thing because it seems like, well, yeah, but pandemic stuff, that was like forever ago, right? Yeah. yeah. But that, then after that, there was like recovery of and like, well, what did that change? That changed so much. Yeah. And there's been reordering of, yeah, so much in, in the church and in life. Good things have come out of, I mean, really good things. Oh, yeah. But new things, huge new projects that, that came about from all of that that have taken, yeah, taken a lot of, of effort. And then, like you said, patterns. I think, I think I see in the church still everybody working back out of, we joked a while back about the hermit lifestyle, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think we're, we're still all, we all want, we were all so hungry to come back and reconnect and be together. And we still want it but we still have some of those old patterns. And so we're trying to figure out yeah. how to fit it in and, and how much do we really want it and how do we make it happen and that kind of thing. So and of course, it takes of, time. Lots of, and it does. It takes time and it takes effort and there's lots of fertile soil for some striving. Yeah, I was just going to say, we got to strive, man. So the, the, yeah, absolutely. Which maybe that's a good lead into our challenge for this uh, week. Yeah, let's let's get to striving here. I am ready to face any challenges that might be foolish enough to face me. Oh, and they're certainly foolish. Our challenge for this <laughs> week that we're going to do, and we encourage you to do it along with us, is to share a short-term goal with a friend and ask them to check in with you soon. <laughs> this is sort of a general challenge. You know, it's you fill in the details here. You find a friend, you tell them when to check in with you. But I think there is a lot of power in the check-in, in really having somebody to hold you accountable. It might be real easy to think that you're just going to do this on your own. And if you've ever done these New Year's resolutions or you've tried to put some new habit or practice into place without getting someone else involved, it can be kind of a challenge. Yeah, yeah there's real, real power in it. I, I have an illustration for you on this. So Asher and I were playing this Mario game tonight. And you work together, he goes and collects this firepower plant. And when I say I'm ready, he sends it back to me and I get this rocket booster that lets me run super fast over water. It's, it's really fun. But if he doesn't give me that rocket booster, I sink into this deadly icy water. And so what does that have to do with the challenge? I have no idea. It's really easy <laughs> to keep a goal to yourself and then ignore it altogether or sink into all the other noise in your life and forget it. Right. But as soon as you tell your friend to check in with you, your odds of actually getting this done go way up. So you get a boost in your personal commitment, some friendly encouragement, and then this powerful thing called accountability. <laughs> right. And so when you say, 
I'm ready. Like, like you're in this game, right? You say, I'm ready. Your friend is going to give you a rocket booster to get over those icy waters, like distraction or comfort or whatever it is that might get in the way of you sticking with this goal. It makes your pursuit of excellence a, a collaborative game. And so that's that's all I could think about. I was thinking about how being with a friend gives you a boost and it immediately brought me to the Mario game tonight. I, listen, so. I love any way to gamify something. So if you're going to gamify <laughs> it, getting your getting your excellence on, I mean, let's do it. I'm Absolutely. Ready. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's close this thing out with a closing prayer. And if you've downloaded the study guide or if you're looking at it, you will find a suggested prayer in there. And it's based on Titus chapter three, verse eight. And the prayer is, as we trust in you, Lord, our God, lead us to excel in good works for others, to your glory and honor. And thinking about how we can glorify God by the good things we do, I think ties in to that Matthew 5 passage that we started off this episode with. And so maybe let's tie that in here to our closing prayer. Holy God, our Father in heaven, we bow before you with reverence and honor as we lower ourselves before your greatness. You're so amazing, especially in light of how small and how weak that we are. We know that you're our creator and that you're our king, and we can't help but be amazed by your power and your majesty over us. We pray that you will lead us to love you and to serve you in this world every day as you have loved us by sacrificing your only son for our sins. Help us, Father, to excel in our good works that we do, not for our own glory, but that we would reflect your love, your light, and your righteousness into the darkness around us. Let our lights shine in a way that brings you all the honor, not for ourselves. We ask for the clarity to see that the opportunities we have all around us to grow. We pray that you'll give us a heart to strive and to resolve ourselves to getting back up when we've fallen down. We ask that you'd help us avoid being stagnant and moving backward. And help us, Father, to see that you've called us to a more excellent way of life as your followers. Help us, Father, to acknowledge the growth in others around us and to be those sons of encouragement in your kingdom as it grows and spreads in this world. Lord, we love you, and we ask for you to use us in the way that only you know how. Wipe our sins away as we forgive all of those around us. And in everything, we pray that you'll lead us home to that upward, excellent calling to which we've been called. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're ready to dive into another praiseworthy virtue. Next week, uh, we're getting into our 10th guided study session in this What's Good series, and that's on kindness. And as we get into kindness, we encourage you to read with us Luke chapter 6, verse 35, 1 John 3, 16 to 18, and Ephesians 4, verse 32. This is going to be fun, I think, getting into kindness, which... Is, is somebody against kindness? Is there someone who <laughs> disagrees that kindness is good? I know. Yeah, it's like... It's a very I, controversial series. Yeah, people are really going to be sending us emails about, listen, I don't think that <laughs> kindness is a good... Yeah, well, it's going to be good. So I'm looking forward to it too. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning into the Bible Geeks podcast. You can find us on our website at BibleGeeks.fm. You can find show notes for this episode in your podcast player of choice or at BibleGeeks.fm slash 162. Be sure to check out the daily download series, these conversation starters that we dropped at the beginning of this series. Go check those out on our website at BibleGeeks.fm slash good. That's also where you'll find all the downloadable material, the study guides that we're putting out for these conversations. And if you want to have these conversations with a friend, 
All the material is free. And at the very end of this series, we are gonna have a one giant PDF for you to download and print so that you can have these conversations on your own. And until next week, everyone, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Shalom. <laughs>